opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Thanks everyone for joining us and welcome to the Get Your Grill Out call. A few reminders before we get started, please keep yourself muted unless you have been recognized to make a comment or ask a question. You may be making noise that you are unaware of or that's just in the background like the dehumidifier on my end. There are often people on these calls who have hearing loss and you want to ensure that everyone can be heard. The whole foundation was founded in 1962 to serve people with vision loss, and we invite you to join us at our 22-acre blind-friendly campus just outside of Oregon at one of our seminars or on one of our Zoom calls. Now, it is my pleasure to uh, introduce Marja in a moment, but before we do it uh, and, and bring her on, Desiree is our ACB host. Desiree, can you go over the commands real quick, and then we'll get Marja introduced. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I think I am out of it today. <laughs> I'll just go over them, and Desiree oh, is the host. So if you're on <laughs> Windows, you can go ahead and press your Alt-Y key to raise your hand. Desiree will lower it for you. And then Alt-Shift-A will mute and unmute yourself. If you're on the Mac, Option-Y will raise your hand. Again, we'll have Desiree on lower. And then Command-Shift-A will allow you to mute and unmute yourself. On the phone, Star-9 will raise your hand. Star-6 will mute and unmute you. And if you're using a mobile app, tap in the middle of the screen if you don't see the menu bar across the bottom. Mute is on the left side. And under the More tab on the right side is the hand-raising function. So uh, I believe we'll do questions. And with that, Marja, go ahead and introduce yourself. Michael, thank you very much. My name is Marja Byers. I'm one of the sight loss instructors with the Hall Foundation. I live in Salem, Oregon, though I am currently up in Washington State recovering from my surgery. Um, but this is a, a call that Desiree and I had talked about last month, and both of us are people who love to grill. And for me, grilling is all year long doesn't really matter. I have an overhang on my patio, so I have a nice little propane grill. can go out there and whip up dinner anytime. Part of the reason that I wanted to talk about grilling is because a lot of people really feel if you have sight loss, it is not safe to grill. And boy, do I know a whole lot of people, well, and people who have no sight at all, who grill quite a bit. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit about different ways of grilling, different techniques, um, different things that you might put on the grill that you might not have thought of to put on the grill. And I would love to hear from other people if you have uh, recipes, techniques that you like to, to use when you're, when you're grilling, and particularly questions from people who haven't been quite sure that they want to try it, but maybe this is a good year to go ahead and learn. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about indoor grilling because that is an option. I've tried some of the little tabletop grills, and I've never had much success with them. Um, temperature regulation and mess, splatter mess has been a problem with them. Uh, years ago, I decided to get a George Foreman grill. I have a son with autism, and I wanted him to learn how to cook. He wanted to learn how to cook pretty young. The nice thing about a George Foreman grill is it plugs in, and you don't set the temperature. It is plug it in, it heats up. It has a light that comes on, but there's a click. There's an audible click. If you have hearing loss, you might not be able to hear it. But I can hear the click in my in my living room when I'm waiting for it to heat up. And what I love is it cooks things quickly, efficiently. It's easy to clean. I do recommend getting the grills that have removable plates. The less expensive have fixed plates. They're a little bit harder to clean and deal with, but they're still very doable. Um, I finally decided last fall, if I can't cook at my Foreman grill, I'm probably not going to make it for dinner because I can make dinner pretty much in 15 minutes or less on my Foreman grill. Um, one of the things that I love to use it for, and Desiree and I were talking about this when we were talking about different foods. I love asparagus on the Foreman grill. For some reason, even though it's not 
got wood smoke on it. They still come out tasting kind of nice and smoky. And all I do is chop off the bottom part that's kind of tough and rinse them really well. Asparagus is very sandy. And a little bit of olive oil, maybe a little bit of garlic-infused olive oil. I can have room on my small grill for about eight spears of asparagus, grill them until they look about right, feel about right, take them off, and they're great cold um, as well as warm. But there are a myriad of things that you can cook on those grills, sausages, I've done pork chops, I've done ribs, um, steak, hamburgers, um, chicken breasts, um, grilled cheese sandwiches. My son used to make quesadillas in them all the time because he liked the grill marks on quesadillas. Uh, and it's just a super simple, and it doesn't really heat your kitchen up very much, even in the summer because the foreman's on for maybe less than 20 minutes. It doesn't do a whole lot to heat up your, your indoor space, which is great. Now, Michael, what's the indoor grill that you've had experience with? I have used the... And it's been a couple of years since I used it. But I've used the Tefal OptiGrill. There are very tactile buttons on it. And the reason I I used that one, and we moved out of the apartment we were in, and I believe got lost or broken in the move. I don't remember, and I just haven't replaced it. But the reason I liked that was it was very easy to get something going. If I remember right, there was a a, a fish button or a steak button. You could press either one of those, and then it would beep to tell you the doneness. So the first beep that you hear would be the rare and then medium and then done. And uh, it was really easy to clean out. The plates on it came... uh, you, you just pulled, you pushed the button and the plate came out and I would throw them in the dishwasher, which uh, kind of probably wasn't the smartest, but you know, uh, and then it was a pretty easy cleanup. I love the drip tray in the front because often when you're cooking some things, you're going to get grease all over the place or you're going to get stuff all over the place that, that. It can turn into being a mess, and if it doesn't get cleaned up right away, it does become more difficult, more involved. Uh, and so there's a drip tray in the front that it would pick everything up, or it would pick all the, the leftovers up. You would throw that away or distribute that how you need to, and then you're good to go, and you can start with your next cook. That I have not used an indoor grill in seven years, five years, somewhere around there. So, And Michael, about how many... If you were, say, cooking hamburgers, how many could you fit on that grill? I believe, well, because I like my hamburgers big, about two on that. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably pretty close in size to um, surface size as a foreman grill. Gotcha. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and if you're temping things on a foreman grill, I really recommend an Instreet thermometer. And there are talking thermometers um, that work very well. I personally, and kind of hate saying this out loud around a bunch of blind people, I have enough central vision, I have no peripheral, but good enough central that I can still read a regular thermometer. But uh, talking thermometers are widely available and they're not that expensive. If I am doing beef in particular, I do my temp testing more by how it feels than by the temperature. Uh, Especially with beef, if you keep poking it, you're just letting out all the juices and it gets everywhere. But if, if you ever watch cooking shows, they will tell you if you want beef that is medium rare, then you can feel that meaty part between your thumb and your forefinger. And if you meet your thumb and your forefinger together, feel that little fleshy part. That's about medium rare. You come down one knuckle on your forefinger or rare is at the fingertip. One knuckle down is medium rare. Medium is the middle knuckle. And if you want it well done, please don't buy beef. Uh, well, that's my personal opinion, I guess. I <laughs> Agreed. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now, as far as outdoor grills, there's, there's a lot of different options, and I have different opinions about them. Um, I used to use a Weber kettle primarily, and I was going from being sighted with contacts to having very limited field of vision when I was in my glasses, but I still felt really comfortable using the kettle grill, uh, but briquettes take longer. Um, if you have somebody who gets overly enthusiastic with lighter fluid, 
flamage can be a problem. Um, I finally learned that I couldn't really let my husband put lighter fluid on because he was a little over-enthusiastic. And I was a little concerned about our overhang on our roof, not to mention the fact that lighter fluid can make your food taste really bad. Um, But it takes a lot longer. You have to wait for your charcoals to get ready. But I have to admit, the first time I ever made a turkey for Thanksgiving, I did it on the kettle. And it is probably the best turkey that I've ever had because you do it with indirect heat. Um, It was on the grill for about four hours. And when my husband cut into it and looked absolutely terrified, I realized, oh, did I mention to you that it smoked? It's going to be pink on the inside (laughs) because he was not anticipating that. And he took the temp. It was well up to temp. But if you're smoking meat, a white meat like that, it's going to be pink on the inside. And it's not, it doesn't look the way that a turkey roasted in the oven is going to look. Um, And really, if you're doing a big bird like that, you really need to do indirect heat. Michael knows a lot about smoking and he's going to address more of that. And Michael, I don't know if you have used kettle barbecues at all or if you're using smokers. Okay. I I have not. I use for tragging and grilling. I I will jump in and give a quick hint and then hand it back over to you. I use the Traeger uh, pellet grill. Uh, which will allow you to smoke things and turn up the temperature pretty high. And then we have another outdoor tool I can talk about too. Great. Well, with the kettle, uh, if you want to do indirect heat, what you do is you just go to the store. I like the dollar store particularly, but it's now $1.25 in where I live. Um, And get a foil pan that will fit into the bottom of your kettle grill. And it should extend to both edges of that grill. What you do is you bank up the coals on either side of that foil pan. You go ahead and and I primarily use match light uh, briquettes because it has a more regulated amount of lighter fluid and they seem to work pretty well. The match lights also work really well if you're doing indirect heat like that because you can drop them in. Like I said, that turkey was on the grill for about four hours. So there is a lot of It's not really intense time, but you have to go out and add more briquettes. I think I went like every half an hour to check to see how they were, would add more briquettes, but you don't want to uncover it too much because that kind of counter, that's counterproductive to trying to smoke what you've got on your grill. Now, when I did my turkey, I stuffed the cavity with um, green apples, onions, garlic, and rosemary. And then I ended up putting rosemary sprigs. I wet them down a little bit. And then I would put rosemary sprigs where I would drop the briquettes in because the the kettle barbecue has handles for the grate. That's where you're going to have to drop in your briquettes. So you really need to know, get them lined up so you know exactly where they're going to be so you can drop your briquettes in. You might need a little bit of visual help for knowing if you need to drop more briquettes in. I think I did mine about every half an hour, as I recall. And then I would just put in more more rosemary sprigs as I couldn't smell it. If I if I could smell rosemary, I knew it was good. And um, I and I did temp it and took it out when I knew that the temp was okay, and then let it sit for a good twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes, just to let the juices settle. The nice thing about doing that kind of indirect grilling is that all of those juices from the turkey and the apples and onions and garlic and rosemary were caught in the drip pan down below. And I tell you, it is some of the best gravy I've ever had in my life. Um, My husband was kind and did the preparation of the gravy, so I didn't mess it up, which I was really glad he did. And um, it was fabulous, but it is very time consuming. Um, yeah, that's the thing with smoking any meat. I I have not used briquettes that much. Uh, I imagine once you become familiar with how quickly the specific brand you're using burns, then that'll be a little bit easier, right? Yeah, because I yeah. at least with match lights, I found them to be really pretty consistent in how they burn. Because up until 2010, half the time I was grilling legally blind and half the time I was grilling <laughs> as a sighted person in context, which is really kind of an odd thing to, to go back and forth. But I think it really helped me develop 
better skills and probably safer skills because I knew that um, give it a half an hour and I might have to take out my contacts because I can't stand them anymore. Um, And particularly around grilling because smoke, I find really, really irritated my eyes when I was in contacts. Um, I have switched to a propane grill and actually the propane grill that I have now is an infrared grill. So the heat is distributed differently and I can't really explain. Michael, do you know much about infrared grilling? I don't. I was excited to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, and it, it actually speeds up and it should it should even out the heating. But when I ordered mine a couple of years ago off of Amazon because I live in an apartment now, but I have a nice little patio space and I thought, okay, I just I want something that's big enough to cook for two to three people. Saw this on in Amazon currently. I think it's $160 for a little infrared grill. It's perfect. I can easily fit four hamburger patties onto it. Um, not that expensive. Takes about the same amount of t- time to heat up as any, any uh, propane grill is going to. And um, I was telling a friend of mine earlier that I just took out some sacrificial bread when the first time I used it, turned it up to medium heat, put some bread on there, and then would flip it. And once again, you might need, you might want some sighted help, but you should be able to feel it pretty well too. Turn that bread over after it's been there for a little bit, figure out where the hot spots are on your grill and where the cold spots are. That way you can use it. Um, it's a small enough grill that it's, it's just one heating unit. So I can't have one side cold and one side hot. But if you can identify the spots on your grill that you know are going to be consistently cooler, then if you need to move things off into cooler zones and move things onto hotter zones, then you understand where your grill is. Um, the only reason I thought to do that is because I know America's Test Kitchen, when you get a new oven, they recommend that you do that in an oven just so you get an idea of where are the hot spots, where are the cold spots, um, how consistent is your oven. And that can really help you judge how you're going to move things around on your grill. Uh, I'm trying not to go too much out of, out, of, out of whack, but in thinking about one of the issues with grills and grilling and keeping them clean, um, a standard grill brush tends to be a wire bristle brush. There's problems with wire bristles. Uh, those brushes, brushes can shed bristles, and you don't want to get those wire bristles into your food. The grill that I got, and it's a charbroil, I believe they call it infrared bistro uh, barbecue, comes with a scraper that is shaped just like the grooves. The infrared grill that I have looks like the grill surface itself has been fan folded. So it's peaks, valleys, peaks, valleys. And it came with a scraper that goes right in between those. It works beautifully. I'm very, very pleased with the way that it works. And one of the big advantages of grilling, it's one of the reasons, if you want ultimate fast food, particularly in the summer, you don't want to heat up your kitchen. You don't want to have to mess around a whole long time. With a propane grill, all I have to do is go and turn it on. And the heat, uh, as it preheats for 15, 20 minutes, is going to burn off pretty much anything that I've scraped off before I've turned it on. Um, I always do a quick check. I take a pair of tongs with a, um, I do it a couple of ways, either a pair of tongs with a paper towel that has been soaked in oil. And then I oil my grill real quick, or I have a um, silicone brush that I can use. Uh, Please don't spray things like nonstick spray onto your grill. Uh, it's flammable, and it also can make the stick the surfaces sticky after time. That's one of the disadvantages of nonstick uh, sprays that they don't really tell you about. Peanut oil is a good oil for using on your grill. So is olive oil. They have a higher burning temp. So um, and peanut oil, I think, has one of the highest um, smoking points. And honestly, I love the taste of peanut oil. I love the, the way that it tastes. Um, one of the best tools that I've got for my grill, and it's a fairly small grill, got it from Amazon, and it is a vegetable basket. Sometimes they'll call them wok baskets. 
And it literally is a slanted sided square basket that has holes. And um, all you have to do is to coat the inside with a little bit of oil. And it is perfect for doing vegetables, fingerling potatoes, uh, shrimp. I used to always skewer my shrimp, but they're kind of awkward to handle. And you're much better off if you've got a basket to just once your shrimp have been cleaned and deveined, please devein your shrimp. Uh, you can just throw them in there and toss them around with a spatula very easily. They cook very quickly. And boy, I'll tell you, shrimp is real fast food because that's they are done easily within two minutes. Basically, I can go out if I if I've done my shopping right, I can go out and have fajitas for dinner in less than 20 minutes. Once my heat, my, once my grill is heated up, I am finding more and more grocery stores are in store prepping vegetables for quick dinners when people get home from work. And I know that I can go to my Safeway and get a package of um, cut up peppers and onions, multiple, multiple colored peppers and onions. And I'll throw the, those in there with a little bit of seasoning on them, a little Southwest seasoning get them done, take them out. And the meat counter oftentimes will have strips of chicken breast already cut and seasoned with Southwest seasoning. So literally all I have to do is toss them in there and I can feel chicken was particularly if you're doing smaller strips of chicken, you can pretty much take one off with a pair of tongs and feel it and know if it's, if it's done or not um, because it's going to be more firm. And if it's really firm, then, well, yeah, you probably waited too long and don't want to do that next time. Uh, and then what I do is I just take a couple of flour corn. I like corn tortillas. And I can just toss them up where I would warm buns. You can put a little bit of oil on them if you want to, if you like to have them a little bit more pliable. But I find just throwing them in there is great. Um, my, my little bistro grill also came with a wood box which uh, is meant for putting in um, wood chips. So after I got my grill, I went on to Amazon and I got a box. It's got four different packages of wood chips. So I have apple, cherry, peach, and hickory. And um, it's kind of fun to play with smoke flavors and, and see what kind of flavors you like with different things. Uh, fajitas, I really like the hickory the best. Um, some of the things like... Um, Oh, some of some of the fruits that we do, I like the cherry because it's got a little bit sweeter flavor to it. And it's it's just really very pleasant. And with that wok basket, I just take whatever whatever I'm cooking in it out. And the one of the, the wok baskets that I looked at earlier today also comes with the heat resistant glove. So you can and I think I'm gonna get some, or if you have of gloves. You can use them to go ahead and just take that basket off. A lot of times I'll use tongs just to scoop things out, put them onto a plate. And then I just cover up that grill with the wok basket in it, turn the heat off, turn off the, the propane tank. But there's enough heat in that that it's going to burn off most of the food that's been left on there. And um, then I can just kind of scrape and clean it up afterwards. Super easy cleanup. One of the fastest way to, to cook food, not that expensive when you go to the store and you get the ingredients compared to going to a restaurant and ordering something like fajitas. Um, and I mentioned fajitas just because it's one of the fastest things that I find that I can cook on my grill. But if I ate more fish, fish would definitely be ideal because once again, fish like shrimp is going to cook very, very rapidly. And the biggest problem with fish is it's very, very easy to overcook it. Um, so if, if you're a fish eater and new to grilling, it might take you, a, there might be a little bit of a learning curve to, um, to be able to figure that out. Uh, Michael, why don't you, because honestly, I spent an afternoon watching a friend of mine who's totally blind from birth grill on a Traeger barbecue for about four hours for like, I don't know, 14 people. And We've got a couple hands here. Yeah, you do. Oh, okay. Hi, I'll okay. go for it. Hi, 
Hi, Sorry there. about that. I was across the room. Uh, so, uh, you know, th- this call um, probably triggered my smoke alarm a few minutes ago. Thanks. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> really good advice, actually, this is actually giving me a lot of hope because this is something that I've been interested in. I wanted to offer you a recipe, Marja. Um, oh, are you an onion eater? Yes. Okay. Um, I actually learned this from a uh, almost blind fellow in Texas. Most Texans love to grill, including the blind individuals. And so he taught me how to make. Uh, so what he did was he got a foil, a piece of foil, and he made it into a boat. Obviously, the grill was hot. He's already cooking some meat on it, barbecuing. And he cut an onion you know, like looks like a little flower, like a blooming onion kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And then he he sprinkled it with Cajun seasoning and squeezed lemon on top and cooked it until it was pretty much cooked through and caramelized and voila, spicy lemony onion. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Did did he serve something with it? Well, we had meat with it. So it was one of the sides. The onions was one of the sides options. um, Well, and you can can get the cutters that just, I think you can just put it down on the onion and it will do that. that Yeah. I mean, regardless of how you do it, that's you, you put it up, you put it um, um, open side up and then just, Sprinkle all the, the the seasoning and the onion, the the lemon into down into the crevices of the onion. Yeah, in the nooks and crannies. Well, and, yum and yum. Foil can be one of your best tools for a grill. Um, Reynolds Wrap came out a number of years ago with nonstick foil, which I was watching America's Test Kitchen because I like watching things about food, and they were talking about new products. They happened to be talking about this nonstick wrap and um, the staff member talking about it said, I'm just not that impressed with all of these new trendy tricky little things that they have that come out. But I got to tell you, the Reynolds nonstick wrap is truly nonstick. If you are cooking something on your grill that you don't want to stick to foil, I hate eating foil. Um, The nonstick wrap or the nonstick foil is expensive, but it works beautifully. So, and Desiree had mentioned when we were talking about this whole subject, unruly foods. What do you do with unruly food? And I thought, unruly foods, I've never thought about that in terms of barbecuing. But there are things like vegetables and shrimp um, sausages that, that might be a little bit harder to maneuver but if you can do different things, you can make boats with foil, foil pack. Um, one of my favorite things to do is beets on the grill. They are fabulous. I just peel them, cut them up, put them into a foil pack with a little bit of butter and a little bit of pepper, roll up the ends and roll up the top. I do use a fork to punch holes in the top because I like to put wood chips into my smoker basket. You can also put wood chips directly onto your briquettes or onto your grill surface with a propane grill if you want to, um, because I have mine in a basket, it's easier for me to clean up the mess. Um, beets take about 45 minutes on the grill, but they are absolutely a little slice of heaven. Even people I know who hate beets will eat them. Um, who else hands, who, who else, Desiree, do we have with the hand up? Jane, how are you doing? Good, good. Um, so I guess this also pertains to apartments small apartment grills and the inside (laughs) um grills um i have the uh opti grill the opti grill is uh kind of a big inside grill and it's a electric um grill and it beeps to let you know whether it's uh computerized so um, you turn it on and you select whatever program you want. So in this case, um, say chicken and you, um, when the grill is preheated, it'll beep, um, take a spatula and put your foods on and then, um, 
close the lid and it grills on both sides and uh, it'll beep to let you know if it's rare or medium or well done and then you uh, unplug and uh, yeah that's one way you gotta figure out if foil works um i'm sure it would i just have to hmm. Well, and I was just looking at, because the OptiGrill is what Michael was saying that he liked as well. Um, and just pulling it up on Amazon really quick. It's an electric indoor grill, non-stick, double-sided grill for $130. And for, for me, if it's going to be something that I can, if it's a multi-use, easy-to-clean, storable device, then it's, I think it might be worth the money. I just have to evaluate. Is that something I would really use? And boy, hey. I'll tell you, I use my foreman all the time. Mar- Marcia, just yeah. because coming from the hearing impaired perspective, did you say 430 or for a 130? For 130. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Desiree. Um, thank you, Sue. Do we have someone else? We do not currently. Okay. So uh, feel free to ramble on, you two. Okay. Do you, thanks. do you want me to jump in and talk about my outdoor stuff, Marja? Yeah, because you do some really interesting things, Michael. I'm envious. So, so I, I don't do too many interesting things. I just like to, to cook uh, all the time. So first of all, I got started with outdoor cooking in 2018, 2019, one of those two years, when uh, my father-in-law purchased my wife and I a Traeger pellet grill, and uh, I wanted to get more familiar with it, and I'll, I'll describe to you physically what this looks like. Uh, what it is, is on the right edge of it is a drip uh, bucket that you can use to help with cleanup uh and then in the front of it is a bar that you use to flip open the lid and then you can put your meat or your food on the grill uh on the rack inside and then on the left side of the unit of the one that we have and there are a few different models this one is not the wi-fi enabled one it's it's all Mm -hmm. done on the front of it so on the front of the left side is a uh, temperature gauge that is not accessible there's a knob and a switch at the top of this is a place where you add the pellets and we use a lot of hickory Uh, and so you uh, buy your pellets from the store and you dump them in the top and they call that the hopper and then on the back of that left thing that's separate from the cooking section is a cable and this is the one disadvantage to this Uh, in order to power the fan that moves the auger and brings um, uh, pellets into the cooking chamber uh, you have to plug it in so it does have to be plugged in which is fine for me for where we are because we have plug-ins outside uh, in the two houses that we've lived in since we had this and with that uh, you simply hit the switch on the front to turn it on and if you click the knob to the once if I can talk if you click the knob to the right once that puts it in smoke mode and that is where it'll just slowly drip pellets into the uh, uh, burning facility and it will just generate a lot of smoke that go that will help with warming up your food and uh, slowly cooking it Usually I have, when I'm smoking something, I'll I'll leave it on that setting for four or five hours uh, to give it some some deep smoke flavor. Uh, Sometimes it'll go a little longer. My favorite thing to cook on there is ribs. Uh, I, I really like ribs. I follow the three, two, one method. So you would smoke the ribs for three hours uh, with nothing on them. You turn the heat up and put the ribs in tin foil with, uh, uh, I'm sorry, aluminum foil with applesauce or apple juice we use a lot and you cook it in the Traeger you turn it up I turn the knob three times I'm horrible about temperatures but I know how many times I need to click the knob in order to get to the temperature I want so I turn it about three times and then I cook them in the tinfoil for two hours like that then I pull them off the uh, Traeger and I put turn the knob a couple more times and then I put them back on for an hour after they are done and then we one thing that Marja brought up that I think is very important especially when you're getting into 
longer cooks and and want more flavoring your food is we let the food we let the ribs rest we pull them off the smoker and let them rest for about 20 minutes uh maybe a little extra but that's one of the things that i learned when i got into all of this is is your rest time is very important uh and so we use that i recently got anyone who listens to the podcast know that my wife recently got a um what it's a blackstone 36 inch griddle outside uh, it's used for outside that you uh, power it with propane and I have not used it yet. I used it once, but I, I'm not comfortable enough to talk someone through using it. But what I can tell you is it is broken up into four different zones. So you can set different temp- different temperatures on each of your zones uh, across the 36 inches on it. And you use physical knobs that are in the front to turn to find the temperature. There's no labels, but you can tell uh, where the main part of the knob is because there's a tactile indication there. And so if you know, hey, this zone needs to be set at 9 o'clock and this zone needs to be set at closer to 4 o'clock, then you can set those easily going left to right. Uh, the other thing that I really liked about it is it's a push-button uh, igniter for the propane. So you turn the you set the temperature and then you press the button. And sometimes you have to press it and hold it for a second. You'll hear a couple of clicks. And then I have enough hearing that I can hear the the flame uh, engage and so that's that's really nice and the temperature seems to be uh, fairly consistent when we've been using it and yeah so that's our other toy and then the last tool that I want to talk about real quick is I have done a lot of guessing and checking with cooking uh, I was recently introduced to a podcast probably about a year ago, called Barbecue and Tech. Um, And that's where they talk about the technology they use while they're barbecuing. And it's two-sided gentlemen. And uh, from what it sounds like, they make some good good food. So I want to definitely follow some of their recipes. Uh, And one of the tools that they mentioned was a meter. And that's a uh, M-E-A-T-E-R, thermometer. Uh, The one I got is the $99 meter plus. And that sits in a case to charge. And then when you want to use it, you pull it out. There's a tactile line that you push uh, the thermometer into the meat in uh, up to, and then you just leave it in the meat. And the nice thing about it is you can use your meter app on iOS. Android does have some unlabeled buttons and accessibility quirks, but you on iOS, everything's labeled properly and you can get hints on it and set up cooks, which would give you the estimated temperature that you want to cook the meat to. Um, meter does have a couple of other models. They have the block that in retrospect, I, I probably should have got because that'll give you two probes for 229 or four probes for $300. Uh, but the block also gives you built in Wi-Fi. Uh, with the meter plus the base transmits your signal from Bluetooth to your local Wi-Fi, and then you can access the information. Whereas the meter block is kind of the, just the Wi. Everything connects to the meter block, and then that's the Wi-Fi connection. One of the pros to the meter is uh, if you get it set up properly, you can check your temperature anywhere in the world. So if you're at the store getting ingredients for your sides, you can monitor your meat and make sure that everything is going uh, the way you expect it to and that nothing's happened uh, with your smoke or anything because I've been there before. Uh, And then lastly that I'll mention uh, is if you want to, you can send a unique link to a friend so they can watch uh, the meat grow or the meat go and get cooked and then their mouths start to water and then you have extra guests uh, over for for meat. But uh, that's the meter and the meter plus, which is one I have is $99 and you leave it in the meat uh, to cook. So that's my tools that I use. And Michael, can the meter be used in an oven? Um, I do not believe it can. I would want to look into that before I say anything. Because some of them cannot. Okay. And my other question, um, did you say that there is a Traeger that is Wi-Fi enabled? Yes, there is. It's a lot more expensive than the one that I have. uh, But it is... Wi-Fi enabled, you can adjust the temperature of it. You can check the temperature of the Traeger over Wi-Fi using the app. The only thing you can't do, which is good, is you can't actually turn the Traeger on or ignite it remotely. Oh. 
Yeah, that I just pulled it up on Amazon, and it looks like it's about nine hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, but Traeger's Traeger's actually uh, the family that manufactures them are from Staten, Oregon, and I actually worked with a later lady who married into the Traeger family, and we were so excited. We said, oh, "Are you going to get a grill?" <laughs> they not only got a grill, but they got one of the pig grills. They have. Trigger girls that look like pigs. <laughs> oh it's my pretty, goodness! It's pretty funny. So yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, can I touch you? You're an heiress to the Trigger fortune. But they they are extremely popular. They last. It's my understanding they last for a really long uh-huh. time. Yep. And it looks like you can use the meter in the oven from some quick Googling, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. One other thing about the, the meter that I forgot to mention that is important when you're trying to cook meat the way you want it is it will give you three temperatures. It gives you the target temperature, the tar- temperature of the meat, and the environment temperature. So you can tell, oh, my smoker's at 160 degrees. I need to turn that down a little bit but keep the flame on or something like that. Yeah. Well, and, and some of our conversation earlier was because I do use my grill all year long. No reason not to. Um, but what I found is if it's really windy and cold, I, I have a hard time getting my grill to stay up to a high enough temperature to cook food thoroughly. So, um, so if it's really cold, sometimes I decide not to do it that way. Uh, Michael, do you have any other tools that you are really fond of using? We got a couple hands when you guys are ready. Oh, okay, thanks. Uh, so to, I'll, I'll answer your question real quick, Marja, because it'll be short, because I really don't have any other tools that I'm using that much while cooking. So, Well, and, and for folks who haven't grilled, there's, I'm sure there may be a lot of questions on what kind of tools do I want to use, um, mm. like long oven mitts, though I don't, but I have a fairly small grill. I don't have a really huge grill surface to reach over. And that makes a bit, I think that makes a really big difference. Um, I think Desiree. I've burnt myself enough times that I don't think about it too much anymore. I probably should, <laughs> but I just use regular oven mitts. Um, I, as it's been hinted about do grilling, I personally love using really big, huge, um, chopsticks that are actually meant for cooking. I mean, you know, they're, they're professional kitchen. That, that's my favorite thing to use. Yeah, and you mentioned those and I haven't seen them, Desiree. I, I think I'm going to have to look them up on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty specialized tool. Um, Herbie, it looks like your hand is up. It is. So uh, first of all, I, well, I've never actually owned a trigger and I don't think it would do well inside the apartment. Um, I have had food done on one, and it does taste really good, steaks especially, but... Um, nom, nom, nom. Yes. Um, the other thing, I also... Uh, I used to have an indoor, like a foreman grill. Now I have an air fryer, fryer grill combination that's like a grill plate. And mm. I really love it because unlike the foreman grill, the food doesn't come out ridged. And so um, I've cooked a lot of things on there, steak, hamburgers, chicken. And yeah, you have to use a double spatula to flip them to make sure they get cooked on both sides. And it takes longer than a foreman belt to, you know, it's kind of like a grill inside an oven type door type thing. So it's pretty cool. And lastly, um, you know, we were talking about thermometers and on the wake, make and bake call this morning, one thermometer that uh, was really talked about a lot, and I believe one or two people even got this from AT guys, so I was actually kind of surprised that Michael didn't talk about this, was the Grillmate thermometer. Is that a talking thermometer? Uh, yes. Okay. And a See, lot of people were touting it, it uh, this morning, and um, I'm assuming it would work for outdoor grilling, because there was definitely a lot of talk about using it for, you know, like when you take your meat out of the oven and whatever, but um, yeah, a lot of people were really touting the grill mate thermometer this morning. So yeah. And sadly uh, it was no longer being sold when I started with AT guys. So I, I have only heard about it third hand and I hear it's a great device. Oh, really? All right. So they, you don't think it's made anymore? I don't know the details of that. I know AT guys doesn't carry it anymore. I haven't looked into it. Oh, much. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
I was just going to see. Oh, and so by the way, the cops did... it up because uh, yeah, that's what somebody said they'd gotten theirs from AT guys. So that's good to know that you guys no longer sell it. So well, it's just um, next we've got Jane. Okay, Jane, let's hear from you. Uh, the thermometer that was talked about this morning was the iGrill. It is made by I-Grill, Weber. That's right. I knew it was grill. Um, something, sorry. Yeah, it's made by Weber. And this one, um, there's like a pretty long cord that connects to a small control thing. Um, you put your food. It's mainly used in an oven. I don't know if it, you would use it on a... I guess you would in an indoor because they have one for a lot more expensive because they want they have one for the smoker. So the idea is kind of just like the the meter plus the the app is uh, accessible. So what you do is you you select the you know the the meat that you want to cook. Uh, it knows the temperature already, and then uh, when it's done, it'll alarm at you. And then, um, but the idea is you put your food in with the thermometer and, uh, it'll, it monitors it for you. Uh, I believe the one that I got was about 40, but I got the single probe one. They have one for, it's like the, there's four probes. So if you are a person who need, who uses this, you can use it in, in a smoker. Uh, so the, uh, same idea. Just put the meat in, your thermometer in, uh, with that, and it'll you can see from it. It, it is Bluetooth, uh, not Wi-Fi. So okay. It's quite. I wanted to know if because now I'm now I'm interested in the meter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the app accessible too? Yeah, everything on iOS is labeled. It does have help text on all the buttons. Uh, I haven't found any unlabeled buttons. Android is different. It does have some unlabeled buttons, um, but it looks like it's doable on Android too. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, It is 47 after. Oh, wow. Time flies when you're having a good time. Okay, let's talk about some things that you might not think to put onto the grill. Now, I did say earlier, and Herbie interjected, that um, I said, I decided last fall, if I can't cook it on a Foreman grill, then I'm not going to eat it. He said, what about cake? And I said, well, I don't really like cake. So. <laughs> but Michael did interject that you can actually bake a cake on a grill, um, particularly a Traeger grill. You've got a lot more temperature options, which is really great. But there are things like fruits that people don't think about grilling. Pineapple is fabulous on the grill. Uh, Peaches, it brings up the sugar and it kind of caramelizes where they come into contact with the grill. They're wonderful. Um, Like I said, beets are one of my favorite things. I love asparagus, grilled zucchini. I don't really much care for zucchini unless I have it on the grill with a little bit of garlic infused olive oil and just grilled lightly. But boy, do I like it that way. It's so good. Um, I'm trying to think what is some of the, one of the favorite things that I used to do on the grill is corn on the cob. And I would soak the corn in the husk, cook it most of the way, then strip back the husk. And once it's cooked for a while, the corn, um, silk peels pretty much right off the corn. And we had a taqueria down the street. The guy made his own habanero sauce. So I would melt some butter, put in a little bit of that, well, more than a little bit of the habanero and some lime juice and brush that on the corn and then finish grilling it so it had nice little charred marks. And it is absolutely wonderful. It is so good. Um, trying to think what some of the other interesting things. There are, there are recipes. Watermelon. Oh, I haven't done watermelon. Oh, that sounds good. Are there any other fruits that you can think of, Desiree, that you've done? I have done much experimentation, and that is the one thing that I would say repeatedly is don't be afraid to experiment, even if it sounds weird. Yeah. Have you tried plums? Have I tried what? Plums. My niece said, I think plums would be good. Yeah, years ago. Um, But they 
they if they're soft and squishy, they don't do well. You got to keep them in the skin. Um, otherwise, you want to do when they're not. Right? When they're a little firm. Well, and yep. Desiree, wasn't when I was talking to you when we were talking about peaches and you said peaches that are not quite as ripe are better, mm-hmm. which I had not thought about. And I'm glad you said that because you do want a fruit that's a little bit firmer. And that's why pineapple is so easy to do because it's, it's nice and firm. Um, and if it's something that you're interested in, but you're not sure how it'll hold up on the grill, put it in a foil pack and see what happens. And you don't have to cook a whole family meal. You can just try a little bit and see how it comes out. Um, one of the things that I love to cook on the grill, years ago, um, when I was still in high school, I had friends that were quite a bit older. Pete had grown up. He was um, second generation Japanese that grew up in Hawaii. And I'd gone over to this couple's house for dinner one night. And he said, have you ever had pink chicken? And I look at the kitchen counter and there's a bowl full of raw chicken that is, I'm not kidding you, fluorescent pink, very bright pink. He said, my family used to eat it all the time in Japan or in Hawaii, but it was something the family brought with them from Japan. So tried it, uh, even though it looked really weird coming off the grill because it's kind of hot pink with little black marks on it. Delicious, kind of salty, kind of sweet. Oh, absolutely delicious. But I didn't know what it was. Couldn't find it for years and years. Was at in a store one day by the Oriental food section And I see this package of dry mix and I went, I think that's it. I think that's pink chicken. So I bought a package of it. Yes, that's exactly what it is. What it actually is, is it's char shoe sauce. It's the same sauce that they use to make sweet and sour pork. Um, And if you've ever been able to see sweet, sour pork, it's hot pink on the outside. Uh, It's great on chicken. It's fabulous on ribs. My husband and I used to marinate ribs and we just had a little tiny hibachi grill. I mean, tiny hibachi grill. But we'd go camping, take that little grill with us, cook different things. We were close to a restroom one day, one camping trip, and people kept coming by going, can we come to your campsite for dinner? Because <laughs> it smells really good. <laughs> so there are, I like going to the Asian markets and finding different marinades and different, some of them are powdered, some of them are liquid. And it's kind of fun to play with different flavors. There's no reason that you can't play with it and see things that you might find that's going to be your favorite favorite family recipe for years to come. So it's it's really kind of fun just trying to combine things uh, and see how they come out. Um, another thing that thinking about ingredients and lessons that I've learned over time, um, don't put anything sweet on your food. If it's going to be sitting on the grill, you're going to burn it. Uh, sugar burns. That's all there is to it. So um, a lot of people like to slather things with, and I've seen my husband do it, slather things with barbecue sauce, put them on the grill, and then can't figure out why they burned and stuck to the grill. It's because you you, you can do it, but you got to wait till like the last minute or so. That's when you put it on. And he was putting it on beforehand. And that that's not going to work. Doing a dry rub is a great idea. I love doing dry rubs. And I almost well, no, I always make a, a dry rub. And if I want to sauce my whatever I'm cooking at the end, then it gets sauced at the end and not before it goes on the grill because you're going to end up with a mess. Um, Desiree, are there any other fun things that you think that you can think of that you've done on the grill? The turkey. Thinking. Yeah, I've just played with with heat and and fire and <laughs> doing it so well, and and i did see the chop the long chopsticks on amazon they're only like seven dollars no they're not so, expensive no all. they're not that's and that's i mean it's not going to take up counter space in my kitchen it's probably worth trying to see if it's a tool that is going to work well for me and i know how to use chopsticks i was thinking for shrimp if you're doing if you're doing shrimp on the bobby, um, because I've kind of given up on skewering shrimp, it takes a lot of time and they can be a little more difficult to maneuver. And honestly, I like doing shish kebabs and sometimes I will do shish kebabs, but I find a lot of times if I just 
cut up the vegetables the size that I want and the meat the size that I want. Then I can cook the vegetables and then put them into the vegetable basket to cook. Because the problem with shish kebabs is sometimes the ingredients on that kebab are not going to cook at the same rate. So you may end up with some raw vegetables and like tomatoes that are just cooked to mush and they're not very good anymore. So you do have a, let's just call it a deconstructed shish kebab is an option. There's, there's no reason that you have to actually put it onto a stick or a skewer. So that's always good to keep in mind. And if you do use bamboo skewers, it's very wise to go ahead and soak them in water before you put food onto them. It'll help keep them from being destroyed when you're grilling. And you want to soak them for a few hours, not just a cute yes. 20 minute soak. You want to soak them for a few hours. You, you want them to be good and wet so they don't disintegrate. <laughs> I saw somebody do that. They were trying to figure out how, because they anticipated picking up the skewers with tongs, but the skewer ends had burned off and <laughs> They could, I love sighted people. Sometimes they're fun. Um, they couldn't figure out that they should just take their tongs and pick up the whole, <laughs> the whole shish kebab from the grill and put, oh, yeah, you can do that, can't you? It was, it was really kind of funny. Um, are there any other questions or comments? We just got one hand. Hey, Deborah. Hey, Deborah. Potatoes are good. Okay, I'm unmuted. Yay. Thank you. Um, Michael, I have a question about your wife. She got a griddle. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, it's a 36-inch griddle called the Blackstone. Oh, wow. And where would you find something like that? Don't buy it from Blackstone's website. Go to Walmart, and you'll save some money on it. Uh, It's the same exact thing, but because Walmart has worked out deals, you can go there and get a discounted rate. Uh-huh. I think we paid three nineteen for our thirty six inch one. They have multiple uh-huh. different models, and they do have an indoor one as well. Wow! So it, it's similar to grilling, like a barbecue, and it's only a griddle. Is that kind of the thing? Yeah, yeah, and it has some shelves on each end of it to keep stuff on. Uh, there's a shelf underneath it, and it's uh-huh. it's pretty much all enclosed in one. Uh, one thing about it is, is you don't want to get it wet because cast iron will rust. So right. you want to make sure that you keep that taken care of. Uh huh. Oh, thank there's you. There's oil on it as well, uh, both uh-huh. before and after the cook. Uh-huh. Well, and on Amazon, it's $370, so definitely check Walmart. Yep. Or, okay. I think we yeah, paid $329 or $319, something like that. Great. Yeah, Thank you. Better. Thank you for mentioning it. I just heard about somebody saying something about a griddle. So is this a pretty new product? or? They've been around for a while, but for some reason, they've gained popularity over the last six months or so, and they're starting to okay. get talked about more on social media. Okay. Well, well thank you. It, and it's nice because it's it actually has four legs and they all have wheels, so it's fairly yeah. mobile. The box is very heavy, though. Be aware of that. Very heavy. <gasps> oh, yeah. Cast iron. Woof. Yeah, well, cast <laughs> iron. Yes. yes. That's yes. really cool. I love that. I, cast iron. There's just, there's nothing like it. Yep. The best. The best. Thank you so much. Now mm-hmm. I'll try to unmute myself. Thank and, you. <laughs> and I know we have three minutes, so I'm just going to throw this out here. We like bacon. We put bacon on everything. And she she cooked three pounds of bacon on Saturday in about 15 minutes. Oh, mm. my gosh. Now, see, you cannot do that. On, please don't put bar- barbecue. Don't put bacon on a barbecue. Yeah, no, don't. Because you will get – my husband tried that one day, and he oh, he's out there with the squirt bottle squirting the barbecue. And it's a big Weber kettle. He opens the kitchen window. He goes, honey, could you get me the hose? Um, I mean, it was flame on. It was, and I said, why did you think you could put bacon over and up with flame? So be careful with it. But that would be perfect. Wow. Awesome. So, Marja, I'm going to go ahead and close it up because I know we're coming up Great. at time. And thank you very much for joining us. At this time, we'd like to thank our whole foundation, contributors, and members. For without them, for without their support, these calls would not be possible. In a minute, I'll give you our contact information. Uh, and we're going to start out, though, with a joke that says, I grilled a chicken for two hours. It still wouldn't tell me why it crossed the road. Yeah. <laughs> and then your point to ponder is... Uh, 
Grilling takes the formality out of entertaining. Everyone wants to get involved. And that was by Bobby Flay. Uh, how are you doing and how are you dealing is coming up as well as read more books with the Libby app. Uh, Cat in the kitchen. And those are some upcoming calls that you can get more information about in a moment. We're in the middle of our annual big raffle with chances to win a weekend at the coast or $200 cash. And the raffle runs until May 31st. Whole Foundation sends out post-session notes, a monthly uh, monthly newsletter, and weekly Zoom s- uh, schedule. If you want more information about the raffle or the Hull Foundation, call 503-668-6195, Oral Hall, O-R-A-L-H-U-L-L, at gmail.com, or hallparkfortheblind.com. <laughs> 